is a new year. I'm feeling like happy, happy after all those congratulations. It's a new season. It's a chance for a fresh start. Uh, and, and sometimes a, a time to clean out. Like at Christmas, my sons were up and we had sausages. Now, I don't normally eat sausages because I don't like them. I prefer steak, but they like sausages. So we, we get them out and you can't have sausages without tomato sauce. So I get the tomato sauce out and I squeeze it on my plate and it's kind of like pink, this pink watery color. I still eat it, mind you. But anyway, I'm thinking like, what's going on? And then I'm thinking, oh, it tastes all right. And then, and then one of the boys go, yeah, maybe it's out of date. I look at it, 2020. <laughs> I'm still alive, it's all right. It just shows how much preservatives there are in tomato sauce, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I go, don't worry, I've got another one in the pantry. Oh, fresh, get it out, put it on the table, 2021. <laughs> So I've had a bit of cleaning out happening uh, at home. But that can be a time for, for the new year. It can be time to clean things out, clean your clothes out, clean out things that you don't need anymore. So it can be that kind of time. But uh, I was praying into 2024 for myself and uh, God gave me a bit of a word and I feel like it's for some people in this room as well. And uh, I was laying, and so were some other people, so I know it's actually for some of you here. Uh, I was laying in cotton wool. I was just lying there. And I'm thinking, I'm playing for 2024, and here I am laying in cotton wool. And God spoke to me about, you know, don't, don't be comfortable. Don't be complacent. Don't just like, you know, like, it's like get up. Don't, don't quit on the things and the promises of God, the dreams that, that God has put in my heart. Don't quit. Don't be complacent. Don't give up. And honestly, it, it alerted me. I'm thinking like, what? It, and, and it was like, it's not same old, same old. Because I was starting to prepare my goals for the year, but they were kind of like same old, same old. There is nothing in there that I think like, boy, I'm, I, I need to get out there. And the only way that I can do this is with God. So it was God speaking to me about, hey, don't have like a, like a, a, a bar down here for him. Don't put him in a box. He's got big plans. He's got big hopes. He's got big dreams. And he's got promises for all of us. So I expect huge things this year, not just for me, but for you. I, I really believe that. And uh, over Christmas, I was, I was doing a, I, I thought, I'm going to do something new. You know, I need to get a hobby. Uh, like, and, and I thought, I'm going to get a jigsaw puzzle. I haven't done a jigsaw puzzle for years. I don't even know how many years. It's that long ago. Probably as old as Ebony is ago. Like that long ago. Like, but, but what happens when you do a jigsaw puzzle, it starts off empty. There's just nothing. There's nothing. So, you, you know, and it, and it looks pretty tough at first because you've got this little picture and you've got all these pieces. And, and, but what happens, piece by piece, piece by piece, and you just start with what you know. So I know all about jigsaws, even though I haven't done them recently. Like, you get the edges out first, right? You get the edges out, you find all the edges, and you put the edges together, and then it starts coming together. And like, just show us the first uh, picture, please, guys. So it started coming together. And you can see there, but every piece of that jigsaw is unique. Every piece of that jigsaw is on purpose. Like, the puzzle cannot be finished 
without one of those pieces. You know, like we are all a piece of God's jigsaw. He's got a plan and a purpose for you that is unique for you. It's not like the, the, the jigsaw puzzle sitting next to you's purpose. No, it's yours. It's unique. It's unique. It's for you, a plan, a purpose that he has for you. And, and when you start, you know, bringing things together, our plan and our purpose, it doesn't just get laid out. It starts to come together piece by piece, piece by piece. And then, picture two, and eventually, hey, now that's, that there is actually, that is one of my goals this year. I'm planning to go to Budapest. So that's a puzzle of Budapest. So that's why I thought, I'm going to get that. I'm going to like get it. In my, I mean, it's still on the table now. I don't want to break it up. Not that I put it all together, like not breaking it up. I know Suze has been doing a couple of jigsaws this, this year, but I don't want to break that puzzle up. You can, you can take it down now. But God has a plan and a purpose for you. He's got promises for you. You might be here today and you don't have a relationship with God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite, for you to invite him into your heart a little bit later. So the title of my message is, if God said it, he will do it. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I came that you may enjoy life, have it in abundance, to the full and overflowing. To the full and overflowing. We're supposed to live a life of victory, a life of passion, a life of purpose. We weren't created to live small little lives with small little dreams, with small little purposes, with small little plans. No, no matter where you are right now, God's got a bigger future for you. You know, this book, the Bible, it's full of hope, it's full of life. It's full of promise. And that's in every area of our lives, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, every area, relationally. It's full of promise and it's full of hope. You know, some of us, you know, we may have had promises made to us and then we've been let down. Maybe someone walked out of our life. It might have been a parent it might have been a partner, it might have been a child. And that promise was broken. You know, some of us were promised that someone was gonna be there for us, but they've fallen short and it hasn't happened. This is not the kind of promises that I'm talking about today. These are not the pinky swear kind of promises that I'm talking about today. I'm talking about God's promises. So we're looking at God's promises. In Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. God doesn't lie, and God doesn't change his mind. He has said, and will he not do it? Or, he, or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? If God said it, he will do it. He's not a man that will lie. He's not a man that changes his mind. We can possess the promises of God. There's no expiration dates, expiration dates on God's promises for you. You might have been hoping and praying and got a promise from, from God 20 years ago. It has not expired. It is not like my tomato sauce. There is no expiration date. None on the promises of God. None. I mean it. 
You might be thinking, oh, yeah, but that was so long ago. I'm just, you know, I've kind of let it go now. No, there's no expiration date on God's promises for your life. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For no matter how many promises God has, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So all the promises of God are yes and amen. If you need healing in your body, God's word can bring healing to your body. If you need restoration in your family, God's word can bring restoration in your family. If you need reconciliation in relationships, God's word can bring reconciliation. It's a book of promise. So why is it that some people seem to be walking in their promises, you know, that their promises just seem to be tripping them up, yet others don't? What, why is that? So, I mean, I've thought about this many times. I've thought, like, how come they, they get their promises and that person doesn't get their promises? Like, I've, I've had promises that I've received and others that I haven't received. But how can we receive our promises? So I've, got, I've had a couple of thoughts about this. So the first one is believing beyond what you see. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith, it's an inner confidence in God that he has got the ability to do what he said he was going to do. God's promises, are, you know, they often require us to believe beyond what we can see in the physical. They do. You know, in the Bible, like Joseph, you might have heard of Joseph, like Joseph was a dreamer, like dreaming at sleep, but he had a dream. Uh, and God promised him in a dream of future prominence that he would be lifted up high. Uh, above his family even, it, this is the dream. He told his family, his brothers got jealous. Like, I, I would have been too if I was his brother. Like, stuff you, Joseph. But anyway, like, like so, so his brothers got jealous, but they got that jealous, they betrayed him. He got sold into slavery. And later he was, like, later on he was falsely accused of rape and got put in prison in Egypt. So Joseph's dream could have seemed impossible. But did he give up? No, 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 no. He didn't. He just kept on going. He kept on believing in God. He kept on believing in the purpose that God had for him. And in prison, he interpreted uh, a dream for two of his fellow prison mates, uh, prison inmates, whatever you call them back in the day. But anyway, he, he interprets a dream for them. Do you know, when we are looking for our promises, our dreams, our hopes that we have, when we help someone else interpret their dreams... It brings us closer to our own. That's what's happened to him. He's interpreted two other people's dreams, and what happened, that led him to interpreting Pharaoh's dream. See, as you pursue your dreams, you can help others achieve theirs as well. Pharaoh appointed Joseph second in command over Egypt. So through that, it brought God's promise of greatness for him to pass. See, Joseph's wisdom saved Egypt from a famine, saved his family. Joseph believed beyond his circumstances right then, and he received the promise that God had for him. See, if God said it, he will do it. So you can say the other part now. If God said it, oh boy, yeah, I don't know if people believe it really. If God said it, yeah, I heard you, Melbourne. Like, that was really loud. That was awesome. Very good, very good. Very good, Sunny Coast. And online, just a little bit louder, thanks. But anyway, uh, I've got an, another picture. So let's put, like, this is a picture of promise. 
See this picture? This is actually baby fracker. <laughs> it was on Facebook, so I thought, I need an ultrasound picture. Like, let's get little baby boy fracker. I can see him running marathons in there already, because that's what Dan does, you know. I can just see Dan when he's born, uh, you know, like getting him ready to play for the wallabies and stuff like that, because, like, they need it. They need it. Anyway, uh, I like, <laughs> amen to that. Now, that's, a, that's really believing beyond what you can see. <laughs> right there. Anyway, back to it. But Ebony was actually here last week, and uh, she... she preached a message last week. Now, none of us knew then. Well, actually, I did, but you guys didn't. But anyway, but what we could see Ebony, but we could not see the promise on the outside. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's on the inside. It's on the inside. The promise is on the inside. You know what? In your lives, you might be believing for your healing or believing for, to be debt-free or believing for a business or believing for a job or believing for a change in your life. And you might not be able to see it on the outside, but it's on the inside. It's on the inside. What is on the inside of you? It's a substance. It's living on the inside. It, like I've had lots of things on the inside of me. I've had houses on the inside of me. I've had cars on the inside of me. I've had uh, people that I've been praying for for a long, long time to come to meet Jesus on the inside of me, a promise from God that they would come to know him. It's on the inside of me. There are things, uh, streams of income that are on the inside of me, jobs on the inside of me, but they've been on the inside before they have materialized into the physical world. You know, with an ultrasound, you have that little instrument, don't know what it's called, but you stick it over here and, and the picture comes up. Like if we had an instrument that showed what your dreams and what your purpose and what your promises that God has given you on the inside of you, if we had that little instrument now, if I stuck it on Henry down here, like what would we see? What is on the inside of you? What is on the inside of you? What is on the inside of you, Melbourne? What is on the inside? The promises. What is on the inside? This is a time that we can think of what is on the inside of us. Because you know what? It will not come out unless we give it focus, unless we give it prayer, unless we give it thought, unless we put faith on it, unless we continue to keep it a substance, we keep it in our mind. So what's on the inside of you? And, you know, it could be a house. Maybe you've got a house inside of you. You'd be a big person, but you get what I'm trying to say. Got a house in there. You've, maybe it is about debt freedom. Maybe it's an invention on the inside of you. Right now, I just see light bulbs sparking in people's heads. Do you know what? If you've got it in your mind, don't, don't deny it. Do it. Take a step towards it. Ideas on the inside of you. Relationships on the inside of you. You know, and maybe it is a family on the inside. Maybe it's a baby like that. Like, so, but we walk by faith. And when we walk by faith, it shapes our walk. Whatever you've got on the inside of you actually affects how you walk. You know, when people are like nine months pregnant? <laughs> yeah, that's like a cowboy, actually. That wasn't like, 
I don't know. I'll, I'll have to get somebody who's nine months pregnant up here to show us. Like, I saw somebody over there. Like, but but do you, it changes the walk. It changes what you do. It changes what you don't do. It changes, it changes how you... When you've got faith on the inside of you, whatever's on the inside of you makes you walk differently, makes you talk differently, makes you do things that are different because it's on the inside of you. That's what happens. Faith on the inside modifies your behavior. And it also helps you to walk through disappointments, to walk through setbacks, to walk through discouragement. So we walk by faith. And how do we build our faith? We build our faith by being here at church. Like, congratulations, you guys have got a 100% attendance record. Somebody told me that today, that they had a 100% attendance record for the year. Well done to you all as well. Give yourselves a hand. That's right. Woo! One and one, good job. I hope your record by the end of the year is like also 100%. But, but that's what I mean, like be at church. Be around faith people. Be around people who are gonna encourage you. Be around people that are gonna help you towards your plan, that you can also help towards your plan, whether it's in a group, whether it's whatever it is, just be around. Be here, be online, be in Melbourne. Whatever it is, be at church, be in prayer, be in worship, read the Bible. This Bible, I mean, I love my Bible. Uh, this word has changed me from the inside out in so many ways, so many ways. That's what it does. It transforms you. It, it goes from the inside out. So uh, believe beyond what you can see. That was number one. And if God said it, he can do it. You know it. So number two is pray with perseverance. Okay, we can pray, but pray with perseverance. Perseverance, like the word perseverance, per means uh, through. And severe means like you need to, through severe times. So you know what? When you're actually after a dream, you're going to have some opposition. You're going to have some setbacks and disappointments. But you need to pray through severe times. Pray with perseverance. Pray through severe times. Pray when things aren't looking great. Pray when things are looking great. Pray at all times. So in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, it says, Therefore I say, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. You know, there's another story in the Bible that's about... Elijah, like in uh, 1 Kings 18.1, it says, After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now, just a little bit of background there. Elijah was a prophet, and he heard that from God, uh, that God was going to send rain. There was a drought, like a famine, mighty great famine. It had not rained for three and a half years. No rain. Can you imagine that? no rain for three and a half years, God tells him that there will be rain. So Elijah believes. He goes to King Ahab and he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. There was not a cloud in the sky. It was like the sunny coast today anyway. Uh, yet, yet he chose to believe what he heard in his spirit instead of what he saw. He saw with his eyes the drought and the famine. But he heard in his spirit the sound of an abundance of rain. Do you know in prayer and faith, you hear something different 
from what you see. You hear it different. You hear abundance even though there's lack. You hear streams of income even though you don't have one stream. You hear whatever it is that you're believing for even though you can't see it. So Elijah, he went to the top of Mount Carmel and he asked his servant to go and look towards the sea uh, for a sign of rain. So, uh, you know, Elijah prayed. Uh, he put what, was, what he'd heard, he put that to, you know, he was praying through. He was praying three and a half years, no rain, and now we, we, he's praying for rain, like really. He's really believing for, for rain. So he's expecting it to change. The servant comes back and he goes, there's nothing and Elijah, he didn't get discouraged. He didn't think, oh, well, wow, I must not have heard from God properly. It must have been wrong. No, he told his servant, go again. So his servant trots off again, second time, comes back. There's nothing. Goes, he goes, go again. Goes off again. This happens six times. He sends his servant. He's praying. He's believing that there will be a sign of rain. On the seventh time, he sends a servant. Servant comes back. Instead of saying, there's nothing, he says, there's a cloud no larger than the size of a man's hand. It was small, a small, small cloud. But Elijah, he's like, yes, he knew it was a sign. Do you know sometimes when we're looking for a promise and, and we see nothing, but sometimes there's just a little bit of movement, a little bit of movement. I mean, I... I I remember when I wanted to be debt free. I saw a lot of nothing for a long time. All I saw was debt, well, not a lot of nothing, but a lot of debt. So, but, but that no movement for a long, long time. I was praying, I was, I was starting to believe in faith that I could be debt free. I was starting to walk differently. I was starting to get my finances in order. I was starting to not overspend my income. I was starting to, you see, you walk differently when it's on the inside. But, in the natural, what did I see? Nothing. There was nothing. I saw nothing. But then, there were just little things, and they just started to happen. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I became debt-free, which is nuts, like in four years' time. So yeah, it took time, and it took uh, hard work, really. But at first, there was nothing. You've got to remember, even though it looks like there's nothing, you can go again. So in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we've got to pray with expectation. Pray again, go again, pray until, pray the third time, pray the fourth time, go again, pray for healing. Nothing is happening. Maybe that's what's happening. You might be praying for healing. Nothing's happening. Pray again. Maybe you're praying for debt freedom. Pray again and not, nothing's happening. Go again. You know, most of my breakthroughs that I've had in my life, uh, they haven't, there's been, I mean it, a lot of nothing first, but then there's a little sign, and then it starts to come. And of course, there was an abundance of rain. The drought was over. So one of my, uh, my family, I've been praying for my family to know Jesus for years, would be 20 years now, I've been following Jesus myself for 20 years. And I've been praying and praying and praying. And for at least 10 years, there was nothing. Not one. Not a scare Not even interest in my family. And then, one day, I talked to my cousin. 
my cousin gave her heart to Jesus. And then my sister gave her heart to Jesus. And then my dad ended up coming to a conference with me. Do you, you know, but, but for years, there was nothing. But the promise that God gave me is that my family would come to know God. What is on the inside of you? What are you believing for? When we pray the word of God, there is power in the scripture. There's power in his promises. You can, you can speak and declare and decree the word of God over your promise. Get a picture on the inside of what it looks like when you have it. Get a picture of, of what it looks like when you're driving that car or when you're living in that house or whatever it is. But pray and see yourself in the promises of God because if he said it, he will do it. Praying with perseverance. Believe beyond what you see and pray with perseverance. Very soon, I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, to receive prayer, to receive from God, even if it's encouragement to go again or to pray for the promises in your heart. But right now, I'm going to hand Melbourne back to Pastor Dan Frecker. Hey, God bless you, Melbourne. We've enjoyed having you here.